$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. You know, we're just really, we're stunned and shocked by how things went down, and they should not have gone down that way. Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation with Ramona Singer right after these quick ads. Hey, Raindrops. Today, we have an exclusive. An exclusive with one of my top ten Greatest housewives of all time. Yes, Ramona Singer. This one was very informative, juicy. I mean, Ramona answered every single question that I asked. She left nothing off the table. She was very honest and she told her truth. We get into what happened this past season. On The Real Housewives of New York City, what happened between her and Ebony K. Williams, an investigation that was launched due to accusations that Ramona was a racist. And we get into whether or not she would like to return to The Real Housewives of New York City Legacy Edition. This interview is for the books. Without further ado, here... It's my conversation with Ramona Singer. I am here with the legend, the pop icon, the woman, no matter what situation she's in, she makes it funny. She may not make it nice, Dorinda, but she makes it funny. (laughs) We're talking about Ramona! That's very sweet, thank you. No, listen, I'm so happy you're on this podcast. You made it. Out of 148 housewives, you are in my top 10 of the greatest housewives of all time. Did you know that? I don't know. It's hard to believe. But now when I've been on for so many seasons and I see how people vote me and I was in your top 10, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing something maybe right along the lines. (laughs) No, I think you are. And listen, you are such a joy to watch. You are formidable when we get to see you Just being yourself, like even episode one, season one, and we saw this competitive nature between you and Jill playing tennis. And I think for us, it was the opportunity to see like, we're embarking on something very special here. Because no shade to the OC. I wasn't too fond of the OC in the beginning. I was like, what am I watching? This is boring. So when New York came on board, it was an opportunity to see some freshness, to see people who were unfiltered, and to see the high society of New York City. 
What made you want to be a part of that show in the beginning? It's a very good question. Um, When I was first asked, I thought, okay, this could be good. Why not? And then I decided, and I started negotiating the contract. And then I decided, you know what? I don't have time for this. I'm already famous, so-called, with my friends. And I don't need to be famous, famous. I don't need that kind of attention. And I don't have the time for it. So I said no. And then I went to uh, Polo, where the horses play the game, so people know. And because my ex-husband and my daughter were away, and I took my girlfriend there, and I ran into one of the producers. And they said, Ramona, why don't you do the show? We want you really to do the show. I go, well, I'm not going to do the show because, number one, I don't have time. They go, come on. It, it won't be that much. Like an hour or two a week. Of course, that was lie number one. <laughs> then um, I said, well, you don't understand. I'm like 10 years older than most of these women. So I've already done the charities and all that. I don't do the parties and go to the charities for 200, 300, 100 people. I do small dinner parties for 10, 12, 15, 18 people. They go, fine, we'll film that. I go, no, 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 no. My friends will not want to be filmed at all. And they go, well, that's okay. We'll have plenty else to film. I go, what do you mean? I'll be boring, boring. That's my competitive nature. They go, Ramona, you're nothing but boring. And then like a little light bulb went off in my mind. So um, my ex and I were developing this website called True Faith Jewelry. And I said, if, as long as you're willing to promote it on the show, I'll do it. And they said, we have to get back to you. And they did. And I still remember this day, Avery was 11 years old or 12. So you're talking about like literally 16 years ago, where we would dine every night as a family, formal dinners every night with the wine glasses and the china and the candles. And I looked at Avery and I said, Avery, we have the opportunity to do a TV show. I know it's going to be big. I predicted we'd average 1 million viewers. I have a little bit of psychicness in me. And we did. And we're not doing it to be famous. You like your tennis lessons. You like going to private school. You like vacations. And, you know, business changes. And this is a way for your father to expand his business. And we're doing it for his business to promote the website. And I said, but, you know, you're going to be, we have to be on all the same page. Because we're going to maybe be in the limelight. And we have to all be together on this because we're a family. And we all agreed and we did it. And I'm so happy you did it because without you, there wouldn't be a second season. And and I want you to know that as, as, as a Roni fan, as a housewife historian myself, what made me fall in love with Roni season one was you. Bethany was great, you know, but Bethany at that time, because she was in a relationship so she wasn't the, um, and I mean this respectfully, she wasn't the, the loud mouth she is today. Well, she you wasn't know? as expressive. She was being yes. a little hindered because she had a very wonderful boyfriend who exactly. had a very important, you know, important job. And she had to watch her P's and Q's a little bit, which yeah. I respect. And honey, you don't watch your P's, your Q's, your L's, your M's, your N's, your O's, did. your P's. I'm getting it- a little better. I think I've gotten better. <laughs> I have gotten better. Well, I don't want I don't want you to get better. I want Just you to be Just a Ramona. little bit. Just a little better. And watching... Season one, I was so happy to see this world that we were embarking on because at the time I was living in New York City. And it was nice to see like this upper echelon world. And then let's fast forward to season two. And the show became bigger. Do you really believe that the Real Housewives of New York City is the franchise that put Housewives on the map? Well, it's a boat of contention with Vicky, but I went to a very huge Bravo event in California, and this gentleman's name, um, something like Bond, and he came over to me. And he pers- James Bond? He, he reminded me of Jack. <laughs> I would tease him. His last name was Bond, and he was very big in the advertising revenue. And he said, I want you to know, you and all your other counterparts, House of New York put Bravo on the map. So I didn't come up with that. He told me. And that, that you know, because all of a sudden we became an international show, and 
you know, we were in every paper, New York Times, uh, The Post, Daily News, The New Yorker. My goodness, all housewives who got featured a two-page spread in Harper's Bazaar. A fashion, I mean, who, who else got that? Nobody, nobody. And we're written up constantly in, in, in the press, almost to an obsessive amount. No, it's true. And, and it's funny because when that came out, I was working on Atlanta Housewives. And then Atlanta Housewives became a big show too. And there is this debate, at least on social media, whether it's the OC, New York City, or Atlanta. So you're standing by that because the advertising executive said to you, honey, this show is creating momentum based on how we're able to sell advertisement during the commercials on this particular exactly. franchise. And but, all of a sudden, yeah. And all of a sudden, everyone knew what Bravo was. Bravo was, was known, but not that well-known. And OC was known, but not, yes, OC was the first show. Absolutely, I'm not taking that away. But because of our uniqueness of, of the original cast, we were so unique and so special and just so authentic that people gravitate. We were called, I always get my words, a show that when you go in the morning, you hang out by the coffee or the water, people were talking about us. I love that. I love that. Nowadays, the show seems to be up in the air. And I know that you're somebody who is proud of the show. You are the longest-running housewife right. of New York City. When you look at where the show is now, do you think the show is now at a point to where the magic is gone? Well, I just think sometimes in the world, people are afraid to do, I don't want to say the right things. They want to do things that are politically correct. And just because something is politically correct doesn't mean it's right. And doesn't mean it's, it's it's good for viewers or for sales or for ad money. And sometimes people are just afraid to change things. And I, I thought, you know, I mean, I am very disappointed that they got rid of everybody starting fresh because, you know, I put my heart and soul in this show. So whether they renew me or not, that really isn't the issue for me. It's about how you could end it, you know, stop having Sonia or Luann. And, and I, I believe they did it because they were afraid, bravo. They were afraid of a backlash. So that's my personal opinion. Do you think the backlash they were afraid of had to do with people saying that Ramona's problematic, she's the issue, or your, your really, spats with Ebony? You know what? I don't really know. I mean, Ebony and I are friendly. I admire Ebony. Um, we we still contact each other. Yes, we had some conflict. Of course, the show is conflict. But I'll tell you something. Ebony was one of the few newbies that came on the show that I befriended immediately. Usually, I what's the word? I haze them. I give them a bad time. But she and I bonded immediately. Yeah, and, and it's funny because we had Ebony on the podcast and one of the things that I did share with Ebony was, as a huge Roni fan, when that season started with Ebony, I stopped watching in the middle of the season. And she said, what well, I did too. And I said to her, listen, I felt it was becoming a show where I was constantly being fed educational pieces. Right. And if I wanted to watch a show about politics, I would tune into The View because I'm right. obsessed with The View. And I said to her, based on me being a reality TV executive, but also right. a housewife historian, for me, I felt like the show lost its magic because it was always just about the fun, wacky nature of these women who right. are true friends. And I said to her, I do feel like there is a responsibility in terms of ownership. And she and I had a great conversation where she said that she felt responsibility to bring right. up issues based on where we are in the world. Right. And she felt like she was cast for that. And that's when I got a better understanding. When but, she wasn't, but she wasn't cast for that. If you see, they, they tape us with other housewives. Like I taped with- Test tapes. Test tapes. I taped with Brashawn for like a, an hour and we just naturally clicked off. So Ebony originally test taped with 
Luann. And she was a totally different person and talked about totally different subjects. She did not show this other side of her. So no one knew this is what she wanted to talk about. And also maybe in her defense, at that point, she was engaged this very wealthy Jewish man. She was going to become Jewish. And then that whole relationship fell apart. And maybe this is the only thing she had to fall back on was to talk about, you know, the struggle of herself, her race. And because, listen, if you're going to break up with a man that you think you're going to get engaged and get married and have a baby, that's pretty, that's tough. That's mm-hmm. tough. Um, and again, she doesn't really, you know, reality show is like you said, it's conflict and resolution. And it was her first year. And I don't think she really knew how to be truly because of everything she's going through. And I think, you know, we were all nervous because she was the first woman of color on the show. And, you know, we had another woman, her name is um, Arielis. I think it is, that we were all friends with. And I think it's because she wasn't truly friends with us that made a difference. But though we all did bond with her. We kind of liked her. But you're right. I think she felt she had to take a stand. And because of that, we lost viewership. Um, I respect her for wanting to take a stand, but I don't respect it because I don't like viewership because I'm competitive. <laughs> you want it to stay number one. I want our show to be, you know what? Our show is, women tell me, Ramona, I get home and I have my glass of wine ready. I'm ready for turtle time or a vodka. And I just can't wait to laugh. And, you know, Ebony brought up a lot of great viewpoints, but it's meant more for like a show like The View or for The Fox where she came from. People are meant to be entertained on our show. They don't want to be preached to. We Listen, we all like to learn. I'm learning every day and I like to learn about different things and different people and, and different habits and religions and customs. But no one wants to be preached. It almost felt like she was like a teacher to us. And it just... I was bored, to tell you the truth. It became boring. And if I'm bored and I'm filming, and this is how I make my income, I can't imagine how the viewers felt. When you were filming that particular season, when did you feel like, oh shit, this show is going downhill? When we went to Salem, Massachusetts. So we're in Salem and we're all bonding together. And then all of a sudden it turned to politics again, you know? And I, you know, I'm not a producer, but I could, I could, I think at this point, produce just like, you worked your way up. And obviously the people that were on site weren't doing the, the right thing to change the subject. So I went into the bathroom and I made a phone call to the head of Shed, to Lisa. And I said, listen, Lisa, it's happening again. Viewers don't want to watch this. It's enough, enough of politics, enough, enough of it. Are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? Who are you going to vote for? The viewers don't want to know that. That's not what our show is about. And I go, can't you tell them to tell her to switch? No, we can't do that. You figure it out. You figure it out. I'm like, okay, gosh, it's on me again. So I walk out and I go, okay, let me just change the mood. All right, girls, come on, let's dance. Let's have some turtle time. And they turn around, like, oh, you can't talk about serious subjects? Yes, I can, but I don't want our viewership to fall, to go down the tubes. And that's when I knew our show was not going to be a great season. So let me ask you this. Prior to that particular scene, because I remember watching it, and I want to say two episodes after that is when I stopped watching, was politics constantly being brought up while you guys were filming prior to the trip in Salem? Well, not by us, but by Ebony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, when I did speak to Ebony, she was very clear that she did feel like it was her responsibility, and I get that. But let me ask you this. Carol Radswell was also somebody who constantly talked about politics. Absolutely. Is that why you knew, okay, guys, we're stepping into another territory where people are talking about politics because you guys did get ridiculed that season where it was Trump versus Hillary. Right, for the election. And and Carol in every scene talked about it. Right. And it was such a big topic of conversation that at the reunion that season, Andy did say... A lot of people were curious about, like, 
we don't watch the show for politics. So is that why you knew going into that this last season, oh shit, here it comes again, politics. And that's why you were so adamant about not talking about it. Yes, because I just know people just don't, they want to see us have fun. They want us to have us maybe be a little overserved a little. They want to see us laugh. They want to see us get crazy. I mean, what I was very disappointed was the last episode, Ebony and all the girls were at my home in the Hamptons and we went loose and wild. We all bonded together. We were so great together. And by then the momentum was lost, you know? And, and it was a great, great episode. So you, you didn't even tune in because you're already tuned out. But I'm telling you that last episode, I mean, it was, it was fabulous. I got to go back and watch that then. The last episode that a lot of people talked about was the shaman dinner um, that Ebony had, I believe. The Shabbat. The Shabbat. The See? Black Shabbat dinner. The Black Shabbat dinner. See, I didn't watch it, so I'm like, wait, what's going and on? Right. And I said to her, you're having a Black Shabbat dinner? I, what do you mean? Who has a purple Shabbat, Black Shabbat, Red Shabbat? A Shabbat is a Shabbat. Why are we calling it a Black Shabbat? Again, she's making race about everything. And listen, everyone should promote their race. I'm Ukrainian. You're Polish. You're you're you're. Afro-American, there's nothing wrong with that, being proud, but it almost was like being pushed down everyone's throat. And that was just, it was overkill. It was overkill. Oh, child, I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned. We'll get back into my conversation with Ramona Singer right after these quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Ramona Singer. Do you think Ebony is responsible for the show not being renewed in its origin and having to be this split in terms of legacy, Roni? and a new diverse cast. I don't think you can blame a person. I think you can just blame Bravo. Bravo made that decision. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good decision, to tell you the truth. I mean, I, I don't read Instagram a lot. People are like, oh, why are you having two shows? That's like ridiculous, you know? Um, I think it's ridiculous, but that's my opinion, you know? I mean, Bravo, listen, Bravo's been very good to me. I got paid very well. It opened up a lot of doors for me, but I still don't think it was a good decision. Where were you when you found out that the show was being split into two? I was in Aspen skiing. Because ahead of time, um, we had a producer and she was like shocked. She goes, wait, you were, they were waiting for things to die down and to, before they were going to start filming. Because just so you know, we were, we were supposed to start filming in September 2020, right after we, yeah, we, went, we were all, she was going to be renewed and everything until she made some accusations that weren't true about me. We were all set to go. What did she say that wasn't true about you? She uh, went to Human Resources, which was really hurtful to me. And plus it was not true, it's founded untrue, that I was a racist. And I'm a lot of things. You can call me unfiltered, not polite, always in a rush. I forget people's names. You know, yes, I'm all of those. But one thing I'm not, I'm not a racist. And the press picked that up and they had a field day. And that's one thing, that's the only negative I don't like about the show is what the press writes. Because they'll take a small narrative and just inflate it and make up things. I mean, I mean, I actually went to a lawyer to say, can I sue the Post? You know, um, it's just very hurtful. And everything was unfounded. But because of that, we didn't do a reunion, which I didn't know initially. And people were like, oh, well, they're not doing the reunion because Ramona refuses to do it. And I'm like, no, this is my job, my position. I always fulfill my position job, and I'm not afraid to do anything. And she's afraid to face Ebony. No, that's not true at all. So that already started it. And I didn't know that. And uh, because of that, we did not film the reunion. And because of that, our show 
didn't film in September because Andy told me himself, because we have a good relationship. He said, you know, Ramona, we normally don't start doing the next season until after the reunion airs, but we're going to start after we tape the reunion and then we're going to start filming. So we all would have had positions, even Ebony, all of us, because, but because of what went down, it didn't. And everything she founded was untrue, unfounded. And I can't share some of the things I found, but you know, they were like almost made up fabrications which is even more hurtful. Is that the reason why? Because when she was on my podcast, I, I brought this name up. I want to be very clear that it was me. I asked her, was she blackballed from the cast because there were stuff in the post and in the press that detailed the cast wasn't... They, they were shunning themselves away from her, like distancing themselves away from her. And I did ask her, like, did you feel like you were blackballed from the cast? And she said, I'm not going to use the word blackball. If you're asking me if the cast and I weren't together and I felt distant, then yes. Was this ongoing investigation the reason why you and maybe the other cast members just weren't around her as much? Well, no, what happened was, if you see the last episode, we really came together as a team, as a cast. And I really wish it happened earlier where Ebony finally loosened up. We felt more comfortable around her. We weren't on pins and needles. And it was it was fabulous. We all left on a fabulous note. But then again, she likes to write things in the press and the PR department couldn't control her. She would say things and give interviews that she shouldn't have given. And she'd say things she shouldn't have said that, you know, really were hurtful, not really truthful. It was her viewpoint, but it was just, it made us feel not good because, you know, we're a team. Like, you know, you and I can fight on the show, but I'm not going to say something shitty about you to the press once the show's over. Like, why? What's the point of that? So I think she, what she was said something about that we didn't, and, this, and I called her on and I had dinner with her, that we dehumanized her. She felt less than human because we were more sympathetic to Leah losing her grandmother than her losing her grandmother. And I'm like, when I went out with her, we went to dinner, I go, but you didn't talk about her. Leah was constantly crying about her grandmother, telling us left and right, you're our new friend. We're not going to be intrusive. We're trying to be polite. You didn't divulge how upset you were. Yet she turned it around and made us all look, I think, really bad. And it really hurt my feelings terribly. And I said, promise me, if you ever have a problem, Come to me directly. Let's talk it out. Don't go to the press to, to, to say things that you haven't even talked through us. She goes, well, you know, I'd watch the show and I see things that get me upset. I said, then pick up the phone. So she would run to the press. And that was just upsetting to all of us. Where does your relationship stand now with Ebony? Well, I called her again recently. She was avoiding my call for a month or two. And I said, I don't understand why you report me to human resources as a racist. You, you know, I'm not. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not that. And I don't understand why you would say that. And she goes, well, because, you know, Dave from People told me A, B, C, and D. Well, I know Dave never said that. Plus, I know, I knew for a fact other things that she said that came back to me from head people at Bravo, which they said, I don't know where she got this information. She's making it up. We never said that. So she was found wrong on a lot of accounts on her accusations that were complete, complete non-truths that maybe she thought were true in her mind. I'm not going to say she lied. Maybe in her mind, she thought they were true. Or maybe somebody else told her. It was hearsay. So, and hearsay is like what they call that telephone game, you know. So I called her up and, and she said, that's the only thing I said. And, you know, and only, this is the craziest thing, okay? So when I was getting investigated, the lawyers are calling me up and, and I had no idea this was going on. And I'm in Aspen and I rented a place there for the month. And they're saying, well, you have these allegations. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to be threatened and I'm not going to be intimidated by this because you could be. I said, I'm just going to be Ramona and just be totally calm and, and, and not answer yes or no and make it like a conversation. And I said, well, I'm really shocked that she made these accusations against me because I have a video of her on my phone saying, Ramona, I saw you watch that happens. You're so girl. And sister, you and I have the same taste. See that outfit you got from Camilla? 
with love. I got the same one. And my mama, she loves you. She thinks you're the best thing. And they go, their mouths drop. They go, when did you get this? I go, August something. It was like after, I guess she made even the accusations. And I sent them the video. They were shocked. So she's acting like she's my best friend and she loves me. But yet she's accusing me of horrendous things that could ruin my career, actually. You know, because that's a horrible thing. I mean, actually... You know, some things I was hurt career-wise because of her accusations. You were? Yeah, financially. Like, like endorsements? Yes, and- yes, yes. They go, we know she's not, but, you know, we can't go there right now. So, yeah, I, lo- I lost a lot of money because of Ebony. Well, listen, we lost the reunion, six figures. We lost doing another show, seven figures. So, yeah, I lost a lot of money, Ebony. Thank you. Are you the only one who feels this way or do your other cast members feel that way, but they're too afraid to talk about it publicly? You know, you're making me feel so comfortable that I would never talk about this publicly. So I hope I don't get an outcry from this, but um, <laughs> they all feel this way. Yes. And we all like Ebony. It's not like we don't like her. You know, Luann finally met with her and she's fine with her. You know, it's just, I don't know. Ebony just has a stick up her butt sometimes. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I'm not, I don't know Ebony that well. You know, but, you know, she has a relationship with Sonia. She made up with Luann. Leah always cared about her. I always liked her. And, you know, we're just really, we're stunned and shocked by how things went down. And they should not have gone down that way. Are you going to be a part of Roni Legacy? I really don't know. Number one, I don't know if I will be. And I don't know if I want to do it again. Why? For a lot of reasons. I'm much calmer now that I haven't done the show. I don't like, I know this is like an oxymoron, but I really don't like being recognized. Like, oh my God, it's you, Ramona. I know you're on a date because I have a photo. You know, I I just, I don't like all the attention. And guess what? The men I date don't like all the attention. How about you, my girlfriends? My girlfriends don't, you know? They'll say, oh my gosh, Ramona, I used to go out to lunch with you and 20 people would come up to you. Now it's only one, you know? So I don't like all the attention. I really don't like the press. The press stressed me out with a whole all of that stuff that was really, really very hurtful and made me really unhinged. I mean, unhinged. And I realize now I'm so much more relaxed. All my friends say I'm 50% more calmer. Um, I still have that high energy, but I'm not as um, hard ass. I'm just, there's something more gentle. And, you know, I'm actually able to date now in a better way. And I just think it's, you know, I've been there for a long time. I mean, never say no, never say never. But I also feel like the legacy, like how how can it be really good? The people who they're going to bring back are people they didn't want to renew anyway. So now, so what are you going to call it? The loser show? The loser legacy? <laughs> Ramona. <laughs> so uh, allegedly, legacy would be, I mean, listen, and I want to say this to you, and I mean what I say. There's no Roni without Ramona Singer. In our world, right, the Housewives fans, the historians, we believe the legacy is Ramona Singer, Luann, Sonia, Dorinda, maybe Bethany, which I'll get into later, and allegedly Kelly Ben Simone and Jill Zarin. Right. Is that a cast you can get down with? I don't know because, you know, I like Kelly. We have a friendship and I think she's beautiful and she's smart and she's successful. But there's a reason why she was let go after one and a half seasons or two seasons, you know? Sonia's been on for like, you know, 10 seasons. Luann, you know, a long time. Me, a long time. Jill, they got rid of her after three seasons. There was a reason for that. And I like Jill. She lives in my building. We're friends. We, you know, I had uh, Rosh Hashanah dinner with her. But I just, you know, from a producer point of view, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, from a selfish point of view, yeah, this is good. I'll get paid money. It'll be good. It'll be fun. No, from a producer point of view, I don't think it's such a good idea. What I would you don't. like to see? If, if Ramona had the, the right to cast women around her, who would be around Ramona on a new Roni legacy or whatever type of show? No, I would just, you know, go with um, 
me, Luann, and Sonia bring on some new cast members. I think people, you know, near like in their 40s, mature women who are successful in their own right, whether they're married or not married. Dorinda, she... Dorinda, I'm not sure if she should be a full cast member, if I make her uh, a part-time cast member. And then if she proved herself the next season, make her a full-time cast member because some things happened that weren't what she knows, which was difficult during Roni, where they'd call me up like, what's wrong with Dorinda? We're, we're watching the tapes and she's so mean. Can you help her? Can you fix her? Because you know they would always call me, you know, this person's doing this. And I was always like the group leader. And I always would think like a producer, you know, not I'd watch out. You're the force multiplier. Whatever you want to call it, but I want a successful show. So I think Dorinda is great TV. She's fabulous TV. When she's on, she's on. But she does sometimes have a side of her that can be very angry, which is not pleasant for viewers to watch. And tell you the truth, not pleasant to be around. Mm. Did you see Dorinda on Ultimate Girls Trip? I saw a little bit of it. What did you think? Uh, I don't know. What did you think? <laughs> Come on, you're such a producer, a force multiplier, and my co-host. Look, I like Dorinda. I, Everyone I, loves Dorinda. I, no, Dorinda's a fun girl. Now look, watching Ultimate Girls Trip, you know, Dorinda had her moments where I was like, ooh, girl, let's, let's reel it back in. You know, let's reel it back in. Because listen, I think Dorinda, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I think Dorinda really wants to make a good TV show. Absolutely. And I think Dorinda puts a lot of pressure on herself to Absolutely. make a good TV show. And sometimes that pressure can mean drinking things to relieve yourself, to be calm, but unfortunately, it just makes you more... Very well said. Yeah. Very politically correct and polite. And I agree. <laughs> no, I agree. You could, I could have said it better. I yeah, agree. Yeah, that's, that's what I get that's from her. That's why I said if I was a producer, I would put her on full. i put her on as a friend. And then... Work if, her way up. Yeah. Now, or, and... If she, and I wouldn't tell her this as a producer, but I'd make her a friend. And if she proved herself after, you know, taping for three weeks or four weeks or at the, for the whole season, if she just continued to do it, I would just make her a full person and she would never, people wouldn't know she was a friend. Yeah. You'd make her a full-fledged housewife. But just give her that little goal, that challenge, so maybe she can relax herself in a more natural way, you know? Yes, milestones. I love that. You're such a producer. I love it. What about Bethany? Do you think Bethany's needed for the show? Bethany's always great for TV. She really is. But I, Bethany will never come back. I don't think so. Well, never say never, I said. So I don't know. I don't think, I think she's in a different place now. Um, you know, she has a significant other in her life. Her daughter's getting older. She realized how, how precious time is with her child. It goes so fast. So um, she's able to do her podcast remotely from her home, which is fabulous. So she's still getting, you know, she everyone loves a little bit of love and attention from the fans. So she's getting that and she's making money and she has a mark made and doing extremely well. So, you know, if I was her in her shoes, I wouldn't be doing the show. That's for sure. Do you think when Bethany was on the show, the show was better? The show was different. I don't know if it was necessarily better because when she left season three, season four, our ratings improved. They didn't get less. So if it was going to be, so she left at the height of our popularity and yet season four, the ratings were even higher. How do you feel now that Bethany is being referred to as a TikTok influencer? I don't really pay that much attention to TikTok, but I know she's doing it. And if she is, good for her. Are you surprised that... <laughs> no, because, you know, Bethany's very bright. She's a really smart girl. And she goes, she knows the trends that's happening. She knows the trends and she gets behind it, you know? She does. And she's very smart that way. And and I know she's doing something that was kind of funny. I think she did stuffing, stuff with uh, makeup. So maybe she's going to come up with a makeup line. And I thought it was really funny. Like, this is good. This is bad. I like this. I don't like this. And I think she's hysterical. 
do you want to continue in reality TV if Roni Legacy is not a possibility? If if that show wants you back or you don't want to go back, does that mean Ramona Singer is finished with reality television? I don't know. That's a very good question, and I can't really answer that. I don't know. I mean, I know I enjoy it, and I know I'm really good at it, but I don't know. I don't know if maybe I'm at a different stage in my life right now, and I want to do something different, you know? I don't know. I can't answer that. Well, we love seeing you on television, and we miss you. And the other person who missed you was Teresa at her wedding. Ramona, you did not show up to Teresa's well, wedding. Yes, I know. What happened? Well, she was filming it. It was all about the film crew, and I didn't want to be part of the film crew. I mean, I'm living a beautiful life right now with beautiful friends. I didn't want to be part of the circus. It was a circus. And I love Teresa, and I know she's very happy with her husband. And he treats her beautifully, and they're very in love. But, um, yeah. So, when you discover, Ramona Singer, that in a spirit of happiness and celebration of love, you mistakenly posted Teresa's invitation with the website and password included. When you found out you made that mistake, who was the first person to call you to tell you? Teresa in three minutes. Ramona, take it down! Take it down! I go, what are you talking about? The invitation, Ramona? I go, oh my gosh. Because in my own mind, I don't consider us famous or celebrities. I mean, I know we are, but I'm just kind of my own little world. And I didn't think about her that way too. I was just so excited to get this most gorgeous invitation I ever saw in my life. And I wanted to share it with everyone. Like, oh, this is a good thing. Says, you know, Tom's always saying, who helps me with my social media. He's like, can you send me something? And you like, oh, this is good. Tom's going to like this. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't good. Well, it was good. Got in the press. They got a lot of press. <laughs> well, she also said she had to pay a lot of money for security. And she feels like you owe her some money, Ramona. I don't think that's true, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes a good story. I don't think that's the truth. <laughs> and guess what? It was filmed. So Bravo had to pay the money. And they have deep pockets. <laughs> As someone who's done a few wedding specials, Ramona, I think you're right. <laughs> so no, no love lost between you and Teresa. No, I love Teresa. She's a great girl. I'm really happy for her. I mean, she did well on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, that had to be a lot of a lot of pressure for her, and she held her own. And it takes a lot of guts and courage to do that. And I think she's in a spectacular place, and I'm really proud of her. I have to say, I'm really proud of you because you seem to be in a very good place in your life right now. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, please, Ramona, you love being famous. But as somebody who spent 15 years working with reality stars who all of a sudden become more famous than actors and actresses, I understand that sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of anonymity when it comes to your life and not having the cameras constantly in your face. And I do get the sense from you that this was a much-needed break that you may not have thought you needed, especially because of where we are in the world. You know, in, in terms of social media can be a lot. Like you said, the press can even be a lot. And one thing that people love to talk about when it comes to you is, is she a Republican? Is she a Democrat? Is she a Trumper? Is she this? And one thing about you is you've always been very private when it came to your life in that arena. Do you feel like there's a place on reality television for politics? And do you think there's a place on reality TV for conservative women? I think there's places for everybody on TV, but I don't think it has to be a conversation. You know, it's like, why do you have to talk about how much money you earn? I think that's a private conversation. Why do you have to talk about what religion? I don't think you should make religion, money, or politics part of a reality fun TV show. Yeah. 
If we want that, we can watch the view. <laughs> so what's going on in your personal life? Are you dating? Is there a hot stud muffin that, you know, you... Oh, look at your eyes, Ramona. I'm seeing some glistening in the eyes. Are you in love? Well, <gasps> I mean, I'm, I'm heavy-like. Heavy-like. Is he a Floridian? No. Okay. Is he a New Yorker? Yeah. Is he at the Regency? <laughs> No. <laughs> what can you tell me about this gentleman? Because your eyes lit up, Ramona. Your eyes lit up. I know. How long have you guys been dating? I really don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, but it's 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 really it's it's very it's really nice. I'm just tell you, it's really nice. Are you afraid that if you go back on reality TV, do you think it will mess up this relationship? No, because anybody that's involved with me knows what I do, and I keep my personal relationships separate. It's very, I don't think anybody ever knew any gentleman I dated because I kept him out of the press and didn't talk about it because I like my private life to be private. I mean, yes, I know I'm doing a reality show, but I like my private life private because then it just gets too, gets too messy. So you would do reality, but you would make sure that he would never appear because you would want, you, you would like to keep that separate. Mm -hmm. yeah. If I did reality, yes. Yeah, yeah. And how's Avery? Oh, she's great. I just spoke to her. She's in Croatia with her dad right now. Yeah, she'll be back in five days. Having the she went zip lining today. Um, they, she said like 800 meters high, which is about, say, eight times three, 2,400 feet, which is about half a mile high. Like, we're just scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy for her. She, yeah. And you know what's so funny about Avery? It's sort of like a child star that we watch grow up to be an adult. You well, know? they actually called her the voice of reason. Oh, she was. The first season, the voice of reason. She'd have her little pearls on and the little pearls. And like, you know, I don't understand how my mom acts like this with her friends. Like, I just don't know. You know, <laughs> she's very cute. No, we love Avery. We love Avery. So, Ramona, when it's all said and done, what would you like your legacy to be? Well, I think the most important thing that people, and, I, and Bravo didn't really, you know, they decide how they want to edit you. I mean, yes, I'm acting certain ways. And of course, the camera doesn't lie. But they decide what they want to focus on and they don't show the whole picture. So there's a big side of me. Well, I am. I'm self-made. I was the first housewife on Roni that, you know, I had my own career, my own money. I had my own homes that I paid for, successful businesses. And they never really showcased that. And they do a little bit in the beginning. And my mother always told me, be independent. And that's why when I got divorced from my ex-husband, my lifestyle didn't change because I was a big earner in that marriage. And I had a lot of money saved and I know how to make money. And, I, and I'm instilling that in my daughter. And women tell me that they're instilling it in their children. And women tell me how proud they are of me and how, you know, things I did. I was the first woman on HSN Jewelry. Uh, I developed a Pinot Grigio. Um, you know, so I did all these business things. And I just... I just hope, you know, to empower women that way, but the show can't always be, it's not always empowering women, which that's the one thing I didn't like, to tell you the truth about Bravo. They don't, they didn't showcase me that way. You know, a lot of times they're kind of condescending to women, I think, a little bit, in my opinion. But it's a fun show and it's escapism. But I think, you know, that's that's the thing that I feel most proud about, that when I still get, you know, even... um you know, women DMing me, I'm, I'm in a bad marriage, I, I need to leave it, and, you know, I need to start my own business or, you know, whatever you may need to do. Yeah, no, listen, and I think, look, I think you will go down in the reality zeitgeist as one of the greatest reality stars, not just Housewife. I think you are probably one of the greatest reality stars to exist 
because you've always operated in who you were. And as somebody who makes a living working with people who become reality stars, I know that sometimes people like to play up to the cameras or they they censor themselves because they don't want to get canceled and, you know, or they, they, they don't want to be held responsible for things that happen. And I will say this, unlike most OGs, and I want to give you this, unlike most OGs, you have always been graceful and grateful for the opportunity to the network and to the show. And you have never badmouthed anything. You've always just been like, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to live my life. And that's the reason why, Ramona, I really want to say thank you for coming on the podcast because I know you don't do a lot of press, honey. And this means the world to me because it is the fact that you felt so comfortable knowing that this would be a conversation of someone who really wanted to give you the opportunity to express yourself but to also make sure that you knew that me and a lot of people who look like me and the world, we love you. And we want to see you back on television. And I'm going to say this. There's no fucking legacy without Ramona Turtle Time Singer. <laughs> okay? Yeah, and that's in the alternative dictionary, Turtle Time. How funny is that? Are you in the Webster Dictionary? The alternative dictionary, yes. Oh. <laughs> and that was an Emmy moment when I did Turtle Time with Beth. I go, come on, girls, it's Turtle Time. Because there's a turtle club or something <laughs> that was that's an iconic moment for sure and my runway when i look like a deer in headlights yes. oh my goodness yes now listen you're a pop icon you really are and um i just wanted you to know that we love you we miss seeing you on television and we're hoping that one day we can get that back on television well it was really easy being with you i can't even believe how i opened up i was more unfiltered than i even intended to be but it's because of your genuine and warm spirit and energy that made me do it. So good for you. Thank you, Ramona. That's why you're such a good host. Oh, well, thank you for that. I like to think so too. So I appreciate that. Now, where can people find you, follow you on social media, all those wonderful things yeah. and support you in your in your businesses? Yeah, yeah. I'm on Instagram, Ramona Singer. There you go. <laughs> and if you happen to become engaged and would like to hey. film a wedding special, you know who to call. You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, raindrops. I cannot wait until I hear from you guys on what you thought about this interview. This one, I told y'all it was juicy and very informative based on Ramona's point of view and experience. But I want to hear from you guys. So tweet me, hashtagging reality with the king, and let me know your thoughts on this interview. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag realitywiththeking. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Lashik Lotus-Lee and LaPortia Thomas. Additional production support by Corinne Wallace and Alexis Williams. Engineering and music by Marcus Hong. 
more sauce.